Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term. Requires broadband. Further terms apply. Hey there. Enjoying the episode? Pretty good, right? Before we get back to it, how about a quick break to share your thoughts and win big. You could bag yourself a €500 one-for-all voucher. Ready to enter? Head to mypodcastfeedback.com, pop in the code THROW, and fill out the short survey. Too gross right now? No problem. You can also find the survey link in the show notes. Go on, make your opinion heard, and good luck. Ross, the game yesterday and the Ulster Championship, is it as competitive as people think, or what do you reckon? I think... You have to you have to define the word competitive. If you have two poor teams, it can be competitive. Um, one of the problems we have at the minute is that there's a different. Uh, there's definitely a, a two tier or even maybe a three tier within the province. Um, at the bottom of it is probably Antrim, um, that seem to be just becoming more and more detached, regardless of the, the efforts of of a number of, of very well-meaning and well-intended men in there. And then in the next group, you could have another three or four teams, and you have the three teams then at the top, Tyrone, Donegal, and Monaghan. Um, it's it's hard to know where Ulster is at the minute. I, I don't think it was ever the most competitive. It was the most... Historically, it was the most competitive county, but that's because... None of the none of the teams were coming out and actually going an awful lot further until the 90s, and then you had three or four counties that uh, seemed to do well, and it's the same thing again. But where does it sit in the overall packing order? Well, in, since Donegal won in in 2012, nobody has been able to win again apart from Donegal getting to a final a couple of years ago. I I just think that. At this minute in time, Dublin are, are ahead of everybody else. Kerry are probably in a round next. And you have two or three other teams who are coming a close third who could beat each other on any given day um, and maybe could beat Kerry on a given day. Um, but I just, I, I, Ulster, I just don't even know of how good Toronto are. Yeah, the Tyrone know that until later on in the summer. The thing about the uh, Ulster Championship uh, in 2008, Fermanagh reached the Ulster final. 2009, Antrim reached the Ulster final. You, you just couldn't imagine that either team now would do that. And you take the first three games of this, the cumulative winning uh, margin of for the three games is 42 points. Now that sounds like a bad Leinster Championship and worse. It's incredible to think that Ulster has always been even. Even the weakest link in Ulster has always been able to compete, certainly in the last decade. I think every team in Ulster contested uh, an Ulster final in the 2000s. But Donegal, Monaghan and Tyrone have just gone way ahead of everyone else. And I wonder, is it down to, and I think it probably is, 
I think it's down to the leagues, the way the leagues are structured. Since they brought back the uh, the four eights, it used to be two sixteens, mm-hmm. and the top sixteen was mixed up between two two divisions. But I think Division One is so cutting edge, it is so competitive now that if you manage to hang, look at the benefit of Monaghan being able to hang in there and being able to improve and supplement their team with one or two players every year and just keep propagating and keep progressing. And they've benefited better from, from that. Whereas you'll see down, obviously Ross slipped away and have been in a spiral since. If you can hang in there for a period of time in Division One, you get the benefit. And I think that top six that have remained there, obviously Tyrone slipped back, but they bounced back up very quickly. That top six have just gone away from everyone else. And three of those teams are from Ulster. And the likes of Derry down in Armagh, traditionally strong counties. And, well, we'll see how Cavan go. Uh, Cavan are somewhere in between. But particularly Derry, Armagh and down just have slipped back a little bit. Obviously, Armagh ran Donegal to a point in an an All-Ireland quarterfinal three years ago. But have gone back a bit since, even in in terms of the league. They've been down to Division 3 twice now. So... But I do feel that the benefit of Division One is seen in nearly in Ulster more than more than anywhere else. I wouldn't disagree with that, Conor, at all. Um, I, I do think when you, when you look at the statistics, you can interpret whatever you, you know. You can interpret the answer you want out of it at times. That everybody has contested an Ulster final, but if if Antrim play for Man in the first round and they get. Uh, the winners of say down and and Cavan in the next round, that's a passage that over the last number of years can happen. And therefore, on the other side of the draw, you could have Monaghan, Donegal, and Tyrone. And so you you can get to an Ulster final, but even in those Ulster finals, they have been pretty one-sided. I know Arma or Fermanagh and Arma, and that went to a replay, but Fermanagh's deficiencies all through the past number of years, over the past 25 years, has been their inability to close out games or to take advantage of possibly a good panel of players, but without having one or two marquee free takers. And in big championship games that Fermanagh have missed out on in the last, for by Quigley in, in his last, what, two or three years, there has always been Championship games where it has come down to being able to convert two or three free kicks at maybe not in the last five minutes, but definitely at at, at important stages in a game, and they failed to do that. Um, the it's it, the national league has become very competitive, and I, I watched down in most of of this year's campaign and all of the games this year, and they went to. Cork needing a result and even had they got the result they needed results to go for them elsewhere and I, I honestly think that the outside of the top six or top four there's a number of teams in the country struggling who would be recognised as traditional counties and I, I honestly do believe you can put Cork into that, I think you can put your own county Mead into that you can possibly put Galway into that as well, even though they they came on a bit of a run last year. But I watched them in the in the league final this year against Kildare, and it was awful stuff. It was just awful stuff. So I think there are about 
five or six teams that possibly can win the All-Ireland. There's about, I think, two that probably can win it. And after that, I think that you could, on any given day, there's 10 or 15 teams that could beat each other. And there's still about an 8 or 10 point gap between those and the better teams. Yeah, Ross, just going back to last weekend's game, you asked the question, how good are Tyrone? Because uh, over the last maybe 18 months, they've routinely been held up as one of the couple of teams who could possibly beat Dublin, but you don't seem to think, certainly based on last or yesterday's performance. No, or... I, even the last, even well, this last couple of years, you know, if if Tyrone hadn't won the under-21 Ireland two years ago, the, the momentum that that gave their senior team if you can remember, at the, st- at the end of that under-21 campaign, there was three or four players came out of it and went straight into the, the senior panel. And the panel was struggling that year in the league. And then they got on a roll in the back door. and They were beaten by Donegal, I think, in the first round of the championship. But they got on a roll in the back door and they ended up having a, what you would say, maybe a, a, a glorified defeat in Croke Park in the, in the semi-finals. And everything was then... Everything was geared towards a massive campaign last year, and that didn't happen. You know, how often has a Tyrone team been a point up against Mayo or another team, not even Mayo, going into the last 10 minutes and failed to close it out? And in this year, in their league campaign, they were sitting possibly with the best chance of qualifying for a league final, final with a couple of games to go in the, in the league campaign. And they were they failed to close it out. Now, I know yesterday they put up a serious score, and any time you kick twenty plus scores in a championship match, it's an incredible achievement. But I'm just not a hundred percent sure that when it comes to a, a, a last four or a last eight, depend on who they get. They'll be able to they'll be able to score the goals, or if something happens to Sean Sean Kavanagh, or something happens to Peter Hart, I think that they could be in trouble. Yeah, like they're a kind of a feature of their some big losses Mayo in the league, Mayo in the quarterfinal the year before has been that the last ten minutes the team's makeup doesn't seem to be to go out and go all out attack to kick those key scores. They seem to be more content with holding on to the ball, recycling it and making the ball, keeping the ball away from the opposition. Do you think that's been holding them back in the last few minutes of games? I think it probably... Yeah. Sorry, Ross, I, I think it probably has. Uh, I, I yeah. don't think we can really judge yesterday. I was in Celtic Park yesterday, and I got it hard to believe I was watching a Tyrone-Derry-Ulster uh, quarterfinal, given the it fact was that... Anemic. I was at those games in Clonus in the 90s, some of those games, and you know we referenced that the word toxic was used in relation to Dublin hurling. Well, I can tell you, Derry Tyrone in the 1990s was really toxic, proper use of the word, because yeah. it was there was vitriol there. You could sense it in the crowd. You Case could sense it on the team. Uh, that was what made Pat McEnany at the time as a referee, being in the middle of all of that, and it it was it was really. There was real, real edge to which you could, you could, you could, almost, you could sense it everywhere. And yesterday, yeah, I, I would agree with you, Colm. And and no, I don't take any great delight in talking about Down or Derry or Meath or Cork um, as as traditional teams that have fallen away. But there's something, there's something 
really wrong and unless it's addressed by their by their county boards and in in particular it'll it could fall, they could fall further my concern or not my concern but i think Tyrone should have a concern is that in the last will mention there the last 10 minutes each of the last 10 minutes of really big games they have taken Niall Morgan from goals to hit free kicks now he has done it in in sometimes but time and time and time again he has he has failed to convert important free kicks from 45 50 yards um now if you last year obviously Sean got um sent off earlier in the game and maybe he would have taken one or two but if you're dependent on on someone who's not your main free taker to convert frees going into your last 10 minutes in a pressure game and even if Sean had been playing he's now 30 what 32 33 and he's if he's going into the last 10 minutes of a championship game he has 60 minutes under his belt of an intense pressure will he have the legs to kick them it, I just don't think there's a complete package I just don't think they have enough to win in all Ireland but I do they will still be very difficult for anybody to beat what well, uh very, very, very few goal chances created yesterday, which would be a concern for Tyrone. 22 points is a very, very decent score. No question about it. Uh, a lot of the scores were from long range and after protracted build-ups, and that's what Tyrone are particularly good at, is just going through those phases and recycling the ball and patience. But sometimes patience, if you're too patient with your approach and no risks are taken, and Tyrone obviously don't take a lot of risk in how they press forward, you won't create goal chances, and only Aidan McCrory got one, and obviously the Derry, Derry Cooper saved, and the ball was cleared off the line, and that would be a concern, it was pretty much the same, they didn't score against Mayo in that match that ultimately yeah. meant that they didn't go forward in the semi-final. They scored three goals against Derry last year, and obviously they got five in a replay against Cavan, so sometimes... Sometimes games can well, sometimes go. Sometimes they do. Yeah, games but can go like that. But they only scored uh, three goals in their seven league games this year, and uh, one opportunity. The other thing too, Colin, with the if you take if you if you analyse Tyrone's scores, a lot of them come from turning the opposition over, or against. Yesterday, for example, they kicked what twenty-one or twenty-two points. I would say half of them came from, especially in the second half. Half their scores in the second half came from wayward dirty passes are dairy players taking the ball into the tackle things that other better teams won't do yeah I, I, they're a very good counter-attacking team and they, yeah. they will they will bring everybody back and they will police every bit of space behind their own they, they'll start defending on their own 50 45 meter line out towards even 50 meters out they'll start defending there and they're very very quick on the counter-attack troop players like matty donnelly and niall sludden who has really emerged so I think they're playing to their strengths, but whether their strengths will be enough is debatable because I just don't see that goal-scoring threat. I don't, I don't see any risk in Tyrone, and I think ultimately that's what catches them. Yeah, Rory, just before we wrap up, uh, you know, Ross mentioned the anemic uh, kind of atmosphere at the match yesterday because before the Sunday game last night, they showed a, a clip from 10 years ago when uh, Derry upset Tyrone and the, the anger, the passion, the physicality was all there. What did you make of it in that sense yesterday? Yeah, I think the only bit of passion I'd seen was um, the Derry goalkeeper. I'm sure you've seen it when um, he made um, a couple of point blank saves and he got up and he ran into the, the old, old school run and hit your man and jostle. That was about the height of excitement in the game. And there was a clip 
Uh, I put on Twitter last night of um, him standing up to, to throwing forward it was, and he just pushed me, he fell up in his arse. That was probably the highlight of the game for me. Like, um, but like Colin said, it's just the way Tyrone, they, they, they're just so good at that system, the half-back line, where they just line up. And the only way I think that Tyrone will be bet uh, down the road is by long kickouts to the middle, wait, make a mark. And if you feed the, the likes of Dublin forwards with ball when they haven't got time to get men back, that's how Tyrone are going to fall short, I think. Yeah, So we want more excitement anyway, that's for sure. Like. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Ross, and thanks to Colm, Kevin and Rory for joining me in studio. That's all we have time for in football this week. We'll be back next Monday for another show.